From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for July 16th, 2008. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by my good friends Will Perry, Walter Eccles, Kevin Close, and John Magi. On this week's show, uh, Will and Walter will have their report on fishing excursions at Walt Disney World. We'll continue our Christmas in July series this week with a look at holiday events around the Walt Disney World resorts, and we'll, we'll also take a look at some of the holiday happenings at Universal Orlando. All that plus the news and roundtable rapid fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. A couple of housekeeping items I want to go over before uh, before we get started. Uh, we want to welcome another new team member uh, this week, Kathy Whirling. Kathy's been a she's not actually in the room with us right now, but uh, she will be here in, for future shows. Someone who is very comfortable behind the mic, by the way. She told me that in a past life she used to do radio interviews, so she's very comfortable behind the mic. And I'm sure we'll be hearing from her in the future. Kathy's been a dreams agent for many years. That is correct. And um, we needed some uh, in-the-park assistance. Kathy did a great job. She went out and she got those Prince Caspian pictures mm-hmm. that everyone's clamoring about. You know, the new attraction over there where they yeah. closed down the they redid the Narnia attraction. So they look really good. She's great. Uh, she's a great lady. And she's uh, I think she's going to be a great addition to our team. So just wanted to uh, let everybody know to welcome her aboard. Um, Another thing, uh, prizes this week, because uh, Julie and Corey are on vacation. They're down in Sanibel Island. Corey called me earlier. He wanted to know if he needed to call in. I said, go ahead and enjoy your, enjoy your vacation. Um, but uh, with Julie not being here, we're, we're going to do the prizes next week. So we'll be giving away six next week. So so if Julie already contacted you and asked you to pick a number, that'll be in next week's that'll show. That'll be next week's show, yeah. I just didn't want to do it without Julie here. She has that down to such a science <laughs> that I don't want to. I don't want to screw it up. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention to folks is that we're uh, we're playing around with doing some different things uh, to the actual podcast file that uh, we're going to be uploading from now on. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do it this week. I'm going to try. We're playing around with it. But we're going to be doing some enhanced podcasts where, uh, in addition to the audio, uh, if you're listening to the show through iTunes or on an iPod, uh, in addition to the audio, there'll also be some... Uh, some interactive features in there as well, some pictures and maybe some video, stuff like that. So we, it might be up this week. It depends on, on how well it works. I was playing around with it last week. And Is it easy to do? Is it hard to do? It's, um, it's not that it's hard to do. It's just that um, finding a process, a post-production process with that, that fits into how we have to do the show now is you know, kind of what I'm trying to figure out. Because the problem for you is going to be you have to listen to the show because it's very, very... I mean, you we have a basic script we follow, but it's all very off-the-cuff yeah. stuff. I mean, it's not like you can... Well, yeah, well, I mean, we listen... When we're editing the show anyway, I mean, we listen, obviously listen to it straight through. And uh, it's just, you know, part of what this adds is things like chapter markers, some things people have been asking about, the ability to skip to different places in the show uh, without having a fast-forward. Uh, stuff like that will be in there, but not sure when. Maybe this week. We're going to try for this week. If not, in the next few weeks, we'll have it. Uh, we'll have it worked out. But this was being discussed on the boards last week. Which, uh, while I'm mentioning it, if everybody should go out and check out our discussion boards at disboards.com, we have a forum dedicated solely to the podcast. If you're not interested in 
the 850 other forums that we have uh, out there. You can go, to, you know, just share anything you want about the show. God knows everybody does. And I always tell people, don't be put off by the title of the thread. There's a 99% chance that by page two, it's completely about something different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they get hijacked real easy. They do. Good group. Very, very good group of people. A lot of fun. A lot of good conversations on that board. So by all means, go out and check that out. Anybody else have any housekeeping they want to? Uh, I just want to remind everybody about Wednesday night chats. Every oh, Wednesday right. night we have the podcast chat. Uh, it's Kev- at 8.37 p.m.? It's like 8.45. It's like to- a Disney ADR it has to do with this chat software and automatically setting it up and syncing it to the server time. I don't know. Alex did it. Oh, you know, speaking of ADRs, you had mentioned, I think, last week that they had switched over now to voice prompts. Not getting that when I call, and we've heard a few other people say the same thing. But if you read the thread, every once in a while, someone gets it. Oh, so they're, like, playing, they're with playing with it. it. I have a feeling they're testing it. They yeah. asked me if I had lost my mind. I don't remember who asked me, but they asked me if I had lost my mind. If you call up, it's pretty random, but it is happening. Okay. Just wanted to I'm vindicated. <laughs> I'm vindicated. All right. With that, we're going to move on with the news. Our first news story this week is a follow-up to the rather uh, heated uh, topic from last week about uh, a, new, a new law in Florida that would allow people to keep guns locked up in their cars. Uh, Florida's newly enacted legislation allowing gun owners with permits to have concealed weapons in their cars continues to create controversy. Disney has stated that they are exempt from this law and have fired Animal Kingdom security guard Edwin Sotomayor, who has challenged, who was challenging the employer's policy. At issue is Disney's using the provision which states that an employer who has obtained a permit required under statutes to engage in the business of importing, manufacturing, or dealing in explosive materials. Disney has this permit due to their use of fireworks. The National Rifle Association stance is that the exemption applies to those companies where explosives are their main business. Florida's NRA, Florida NRA's chief, chief lobbyist said that Disney is a prime offender in denying people their rights under the Second Amendment and the laws of Florida. Hammer also commented that the law is a result of Disney firing an employee who had a gun in his car. A judge in Tallahassee is expected to make a ruling regarding Florida's employer's claim that the recently enacted gun law is a violation of their rights as private property owners. This is also being looked at by the state attorney general. And I don't, know, I don't know if you're, if you're going to mention this or not, but he recently, the gentleman who was fired, just recently filed, filed a lawsuit. Oh, yeah, of course. You knew that was coming. Yeah, that was, yeah. That's what this grandstanding was about from two, three weeks ago when he announced he was going to do this. Did you hear the other, the ironic thing that happened a few oh, days yeah, after Oh, yeah, downtown that? Disney. Somebody was cleaning his gun in his car shot and himself. shot himself. Yeah. Legally owned gun. Legally and owned gun. Had his son step out of the car. Because they were waiting to go to a movie. Very responsible, though. And he chose that, that. That was the time to clear his gun. Step out of the car so I can clear my gun. Yeah, and just, shot himself in yeah. the leg. I know. And, before I go to a movie, let me see. I got popcorn. I got I candy. I got money for the ticket. Oh, I yeah. I got to clear my gun. I, don't, I, I certainly do not want to make light of anyone getting shot. Accidentally, whatever. But, you know, this is part of what goes on. Like being a gun owner, I mean, you're going to clean your gun. Why you need to do it in the parking lot of downtown Disney, I'm not sure. But, yeah, you're right. When I read that story, the irony was not lost on me. And, again, you People know, that's... People are multitasking. But, you know, and, <laughs> and again, I want to... But I, I do want to make a very clear, a very clear delineation here. 
resp- uh, you know, we're not talking. I'm not talking about responsible gun owners. I'm not saying that the people who want to put guns in their cars are bad people. Um, people who want to, uh, you know, u- utilize this law. What I'm saying is that the more guns you have in public, the more likely you are to have gun violence. That's why I think it's a bad idea. And there is just no cause that, I mean, does crime happen at at Disney? Yeah, it does. Does it happen a lot? No, it really doesn't. And, you know, have there been situations, have there been many, many situations on Disney property where, you know, we've sat around here and said, wow, that that would have been avoided if that guest had been packing heat? No. Right. Um, So it just, I love the part about having his son get out of the car. To clean. Uh, the problem is this. What is this? Go stand out in the middle of the parking lot where the traffic is. You just said something that seems to be a hotly contested point: that more guns lead to more violence. And there are people saying that that's not true. Responsible gun owners are not responsible for violent crimes. This is the the, the rule of that. But I wanted to just say that I think that more guns lead to more gun accidents. More gun incidents. Okay. Let's right. say incidents. Uh, because that seems to be a huge sticking point, that, and that always seems to negate the rest of any conversation. But somebody brought this up. Somebody brought this up on the board, you know. Well, you know, you're driving, and you see a crime being committed. Now you have a gun. You can, you can intervene. No. That's law enforcement. You know, we can't have people, armed vigilantes running around town deciding that they're going to be law enforcers. And this is another problem I have with a law like this is that, you know, for the vast majority of licensed gun owners are very responsible. But there are those people out there who are just plain crazy and shouldn't have a gun and are going to think that because they have a gun, they can intervene in scenarios like that. Law enforcement carries guns because they're trained to carry guns. Those are the people I want with guns. Give them whatever they need. Just arming the rest of the public, I don't know. I'm not going to get off into a whole big thing about it again. Just, you know, I figured we'd follow it up and... Uh, after we had recorded, right after we had recorded last week's show, uh, last week's show we were talking about this Animal Kingdom security guard, Edwin Sotomayor, had been suspended, but the day after we recorded the show, they had fired him. So, now on to something a little happier, Disney suing people. Um, Disney has filed a million-dollar lawsuit against the Cool Clown Party people. They should be sued just for that name, because Cool and Clown are spelled with a K, claiming copyright infringement. Cool Clown Party People is owned by David and Marisol Shaveco. Disney filed the suit over the Shaveco's use of Tigger and Eeyore costumes in their act. And we're going to put pictures of these costumes up. Um, they're pr- it's pretty funny. Uh, the couple purchased the costumes for $500 on eBay, where else, where they were described as an orange tiger and a blue donkey outfit. Among the demands Disney is making is forfeiture of the costumes to Disney so that they can be destroyed. They should be destroyed because they're hideous, not for any other reason. Uh, Instead of complying with this provision of the lawsuit, uh, the Shavakos, who are on public assistance, have returned them to the the eBay seller for a refund. Disney has a longstanding reputation for pursuing unauthorized use of their characters. Similar action was taken against preschools displaying Disney murals and the use of Snow White at the 1989 Oscar ceremony. Disney's stance is that without a license agreement, it cannot control the quality and nature of the performances, things like that. And uh, the lawsuit against the cool clown people also includes recovery of Disney's legal fees. 
But if you have you have you guys had a chance to see these costumes mm-hmm. at Absolutely, all? Absolutely, yep. Yeah. I also remember the 1989 uh, Academy Award telecast where Snow White and Rob Lowe sang. Oh, that was together. terrible. They should have been sued. They should have been sued for that. <laughs> yeah, it was. They're it was, sort of Tigger and Eeyore, but kind of like if you were on acid and you vision. It's the, the, or you like, had a they're, sewing they're, machine of your own. They're yeah. seriously, they're seriously ghetto. They're deranged. You know, okay. uh, they're, remember last year we did that story about the not Disneyland park in China? Right. That just kind of like cheaply ripped off like all these Disney ideas. That's where, the, this, that's where these look like they came from, from that, like, that, that not Disney knockoff park in China. <laughs> now here's the deal. Though. This, this Send them they, to Dubai land. There you go. No, but they have good costumes. Yeah, they have lots of money. They're made out of real fur. And gold. Real animals. This... Um, this company is actually this daycare center is actually in Claremont, so you have to assume that if it's that close to Disney, they knew what they were doing. Of course, they knew what they were doing. They and if knew. it had been a gray donkey costume, you would have said to yourself, "It's a donkey costume." It was a blue donkey. Yeah, costume. exactly. You know, there's one thing you don't mess. With. I mean, I, I've noticed that you know on, on some things Disney is very Disney's been great with websites stuff like that. I mean, there's a point where you can't. There's a line you can't cross. But as long as you stay within a certain realm, Disney's been very, very good about that. But when it comes to their characters, especially like things like costumes, things like, oh, no way. No way. You're just asking for trouble. You're crazy. We went on, Bob and I took that backstage magic tour a year or two ago. And one of the things is you go through the costume where the wardrobes are made. And you actually get to see the things that cut the huge bolts of material. And it was fascinating to hear the levels that they go through or the hoops that they jump through to make sure that every fiber, every fabric is exact to their standards. Mickey's Mickey's wardrobe will never, ever, ever be made except from one certain black sort of crushed or black velvet so that Mickey is standardized. There's never, even from a different supplier, so the fact that somebody else, as I said, with somebody with a Singer sewing machine and some orange fabric got creative, I can understand why they wouldn't. No, on this one, I definitely think Disney is, uh, Disney's Disney's right. They They should not allow this. You don't want these characters out there looking like that, looking all ratty and nasty and People show, you know, scary people showing up at children's birthday parties as like deranged Tigger. We also have an experience. We went to a not so scary Halloween party, and one of the gentlemen, uh, there was a gentleman sitting next to us who, um, what was the red guy from Star Wars with the horns? Darth Sith. No, he was red. Darth Maul. Darth Maul. He was dressed, and his costume was pretty spectacular. Sad that I know that. And some ki- we were sitting um, in front of Liberty Tree Tavern, and some kids came across the walkway and asked if they could take their picture with him. And the cast member came over and said, absolutely not. If you take a picture with him, and they're not your relatives, it's like Disney's authorizing you to be dressed as that character. Wow. All right. And something else Disney Legal is going after. Disney is taking measures to stop the sale of expired fast passes on internet auction sites like eBay. The tickets are used at Disney's parks as a method for guests to bypass lengthy attraction standby lines. eBay is the main selling venue for fast passes and has declined Disney's repeated request to put an end to these fast pass listings. A spokesman for eBay said since there are no laws prohibiting the sale of expired tickets, uh, listings for expired tickets are allowed. Uh, eBay does not enforce third-party contracts, so it's up to whoever issues the tickets, in this case Disney, to enforce the terms and conditions that they have defined for their tickets. What people are doing is, I guess, they're, they're, they're taking expired fast passes and selling them 
assuming that you know if you use them, the can you use member, an expired? Well, the cast member is not going to. They don't scan them. Disney's, they just look oh, at them. Oh, okay. Disney's rule is that the fast pass is good for the time on the fast pass or beyond. Right. So you should be able. Let's say you get a fast pass for ten a.m. and you don't show up at ten a.m. You can use it six o'clock that night. But can you use it three weeks later? Right. Well, you know, I, also, I, I would say no, but apparently the cast members don't look that like closely. Then I guess you I can. understand there was also a problem with them falsifying old fast passes. Well, that's yeah, that's next. In addition to expired fast passes, uh, sellers are listing VIP versions of the tickets, which Disney does provide to celebrities and politicians. Uh, Disney has taken measures to stem the use of the tickets sold on the secondary market. In addition to the time and date on a fast pass, there is now a caution that they are not for sale and valid only on the day issued and are not transferable. Well, there's also fast passes like guest recovery fast passes that cast members have. And there was a problem with they thought cast members were selling fast passes on eBay. Well, there's also a problem, as the story goes on, there's a problem with counterfeit fast passes being used in the parks. Uh, Disney employees are being told to check that the edges are perforated. The edges of the passes are perforated, unlike the fakes, which are manually cut. And this has been a problem going on for... A while, but there, part of the story also says that Disney has recently begun looking into alternative methods of issuing fast passes, including the use of barcodes on the tickets and barcode readers at the attractions. That's probably going to be the only way they can really eliminate the problem, is if they start scanning these tickets on the way in. The only way you're going to eliminate it is take out the human element. If there's no person there collecting them, and there's only a machine that lets you in. That's the only way you can do it. Mm-hmm. Because even at you even to the point where the cast member could be either not caring or in on it and says, "Go ahead, let people through. I don't care." So yeah. you've got to automate the process. That yeah, should be interesting. It's funny how people do. people try to make money on anything, won't they? It's amazing. This surprises me. I would have never guessed in a million years people would sell expired fast passes. Oh yeah. If they think they can make money on it, absolutely. You know what people are selling on eBay? They'll sell anything. You know the uh, free luggage tags you get on Disney Cruise Line to put on your luggage? Yeah. They're stealing stacks of them and selling those on eBay. Why would you want that? Well, they've got the characters on them, and they're oh. cute, and they're, you know, they could put them on any piece but of luggage. And if you've never been on Disney Cruise Line, you think they're special. Right. You know? Oh, okay. They've got Tinkerbell on some and Mickey on another, but... It's just sad. Most people won't realize they're for free on Disney Cruise Line. You know, that they're just handed out, right? Those ones you're talking about? Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. I mean, when you, not only are they handed out, but when you need more, you can just go down to guest services and they've got stacks of them. Yeah. And people are just taking stacks of them and walking. So, no. crazy. It is crazy. So, all right, well, that's going to do it for the news this week. Uh, who would like to start with Rapid Fire? I'll start. All right. Since Julie's not here, the Pocahontas and her friends show will have its final performance on September 27th. That's that show over in the Animal Kingdom where Pocahontas does things with live animals. Yeah, really exactly. <laughs> have you ever been to it? I can't, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I never liked that show. And the other thing that's going on is High School, mu- high school Musical 2 School's Out. The show at Disney Hollywood Studios will have its final performance on September 13th. On October 24th, a new show based on High School Musical 3, Senior Year, will debut. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. My hand slipped. Come on, aren't you excited about High School Musical 3? Oh, my God. Senior Year. I'm on the edge of my seat. I am. I'm on the edge of my seat. 
Does that answer your question? <laughs> High School Musical 26, The Nursing Home. Yeah, really, The Nursing Home years. Um, yeah, I heard that uh, you know, for the next one they're doing, though, that most of the cast isn't coming back. They're all care. 24, 25 years yeah, old. Yeah, really, it's getting kind of hard to pass them off as... Uh, I don't really care. <laughs> <Tell you the truth>. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't care. Uh, but he cares so much, he, he put it into his rapid fire. Well, people are, you know, they're just concerned about it. In scraping the, the bottom of the barrel looking for something, right? People. People. <laughs> people. I had other ones. No, that's all right. I'm just busting you. All right, well, thank you, John. Kevin. I have a weird rapid fire. We were in the Magic Kingdom the other day, and it was raining. And we were kind of trying to walk down Main Street by walking through the shops. And I walked into the Arebus Brothers at the intersection on Main Street where the the buildings meet. There's that little side street. And the next shop was the Arebus Brothers. Now, I had walked through there before. I had never ventured into the back of the store where they actually have a glass furnace. I had never seen it before. It really? might have been there since 1971, and I'm just finding it. Because <laughs> you're running to Space Mountain or something. Right. Yeah. I, I usually pass it. There was a gentleman um, giving a glass blowing demonstration. Now, we had been in Italy and had gone to Murano. And it was very similar. It was a full-scale glass-blowing demonstration where he had the furnace and had dipped the um, the handle into the glass, so had the molten glass, mm-hmm. and was showing people how you colored it and how you stretched it and how you formed a vessel. Wow, really? That's cool. very interesting. It really was. I was surprised. And I apologize that I don't have... I called Disney Information this morning to see if they could give me information on how many times a day this is done, and I didn't... They didn't have the information. I actually sent Kathy Whirling out on a mission. She's going to get pictures of it for us and awesome. try to get some more specifics. If you're doing something, uh, we're always asked for something that's a little off the beaten path to go see or do. This was fascinating. The guy in the front, you've, you've seen the guy in the front making you know, the dragons and the yeah. castles and things. This is all the way in the back. Real, it's, no, it's I have, I've never been back there. And this is not this little guy who works behind the glass booth. This was the entire back of the store, and he had a furnace. Wow. So, I mean, it was, it was very involved, and I was surprised to find hmm. it. I thought it was cool. Cool. That is cool. Well, thank you, Kevin. Walter. My rapid fire comes from Jeff Peterson, our friend at San Diego Zoo Wild Animal Park. It says, sharp on the outside, but cute on the inside. African hedgehog babies at San Diego Zoo is a photo release. They may feel like small pincushions, but five baby African hedgehogs are anything but sharp-tempered in the children's zoo at San Diego Zoo. Born on June 18th, they had been staying close to their mom, Amina, but are now venturing away from her more and more. The little creatures use their spine to protect themselves from predators in the wild. They roll themselves up into complete balls with even their noses tucked in and present only, present only the sharp spines to any animals trying to eat them. The babies are yet unnamed, but they're growing fast now to a whopping 1.1 to 1.4 ounces. The photo was taken July 10th by Ken Bond, Zoological Society of San Diego. Pass the, uh, pass the photo around so everybody it's can see. It's the cutest little thing. We're going to put, put a uh, copy of this up on the site. Uh, for those of you who would listen to our Disneyland show, uh, part one, I know you're waiting for part two, but... Uh, we talked briefly in our, our Disneyland uh, special show last month, or in May, about uh, our trip down to Wild Animal Park in San Diego. This comes to us from Jeff Peterson. He's one of our listeners down there, works with the park, and has been sending us information. And uh, we're going to be doing uh, we're going to be doing a whole thing on. I promise, we do have part two coming. 
I'm really going to try and get everybody together. It's just very hard right now because everybody's like been traveling and doing stuff and getting everybody together a second time in a week is tough. It just is tough. But well, thank you very much for that, Walter. I have one. Uh, Frazier, Brandon Frazier was at Universal Studios on Friday afternoon uh, promoting his new movie, The Mummy. Tomb of the Dragon Empire is the mummy. It was cool. I went out and Will went over and was throwing eggs at him. Checked it I out. understand it was like a million degrees out. It, it was, was it was very day. hot that day, and the crowd was huge. I saw yeah. it on the news. It was, uncre- it was incredible yeah. how big the crowd was. I heard Universal gave out free water to yep. everybody waiting. Yep. I think that's pretty they cool. They had all kinds of free stuff for people. T-shirts, all kinds of uh, movie stuff. But, yeah, they were handing out free bottles of water because it was so hot. Wow. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. T-shirts, DVDs. Fraser answered a couple you know, questions. Brendan. His first name is Brendan. I call him Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking of Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> we're, we're buds. Fraser. They're, They're very close. They, they, uh, they showed a clip from the movie. Just a little sneak peek couple minutes but it was cool i think it's funny in this one he has a different wife yeah is she different oh yeah, yeah. that's because what's her name didn't want an play oscar again. rachel weiss yeah she won an oscar for the constant gardener she's not doing another mummy movie yeah right <laughs> Chase you can't afford me <laughs> i ain't doing this crap anymore <laughs> i'm a serious actress and their son is like 26 or something now they're just it's weird it's all very weird. The kid's all grown up. Yeah. Have you seen the previews for it? No. Yeah. They got Jet Li in it, though. Yeah, supposedly it's oh, like the good. best now, martial Brendan's arts fight scene ever between Jet Li and some chick. And Brendan yeah. Fraser. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Brendan Fraser's in the comfy chair watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty soon Brendan Fraser will be the mummy. Yeah, really? <laughs> He's looking He'll a little dry. He'll be bringing him back from the dead. <laughs> He's looking a little dry and chewy these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for Rapid Fire this week, folks. We're going to move on to our first segment this week. Uh, Will and Walter, along with, uh, well, Corey was there, but uh, Walter's brother, uh, Kelvin. Now, didn't you go? His nephew, Pete? Matt. I, I did. You were well, there. here's what happened. We originally set this up for last Tuesday, and we got out on the water for about a half an hour, and the weather started moving in, so they had to bring us back. Because obviously they're not going to be out there if you're there's lightning and whatever nonsense. It, it was a monsoon. The um, so it was rescheduled for Thursday, which I had prior commitment I couldn't make. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, Walter, Will, Calvin, Corey, Walter's nephew Max. All went out. Cool. If I had only known. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would have went the day it rained. <laughs> so, guys, tell uh, tell us about it. What'd you think? We had a great time. Yeah, we uh, we all enjoyed ourselves a lot. Now, you know, there was five of us. Two days, everything seemed to go pretty smooth. When we the first we booked this, we booked um, what lake did you book? Uh, you, uh, Crescent Lake over Crescent at the, Lake. Uh, you uh, leaving out of the uh, Yacht Club Marina. Okay. They just they listed a whole bunch of lakes. And I didn't know anything about it, so I just said, uh, the first one. Right. So then, Will, here's which lake I cho- chose and did not like it, so he canceled it and made a new reservation with no problem. Why didn't that, you like the first lake? It, it just seemed uh, as a smaller lake, lots of boats, high traffic. So f- for fishing, it's not it really... sounded like croissant, and you don't like croissants? Place, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> no, so we, uh, we changed that, which they did with ease. I just canceled the reservation and uh, reserved one at Bay Lake, which is Disney's biggest lake. Just to me, that looked more wilderness, fishing. You know, it's, it sits on the wood line. It's a bigger lake, less boats, less traffic. So, no, it was a very good idea. 
instead of in the middle of Disney, like you said, there was a, a big tree line. It was a big lake. There wasn't that much boat traffic. It made for a lot better fishing experience. A lot more authentic experience. Yes. Yeah, there you go. That's the word. They had the island in the middle, so there's a lot of animal get, life out there. That's why I get the big bucks. That <laughs> island used to be Discovery Island before no. the Animal Kingdom opened. This is what they were saying. There was a lot, lot of birds around there, a lot of... Lots of wildlife. It's Let's, now a bird sanctuary. Oh, it is? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because she said in the spring... Uh, there's nothing but birds. It's just covered with birds. It's just white. All you see is white birds sitting in the trees. During know, one so. of the parades, they used to release doves on Main Street. And there were all these eagles that um, took up residence on Discovery Waiting? Island. And they waited. They had been trained. They kind of trained themselves that when the doves were released, these eagles were swooping in. They had to stop releasing the, the doves. On that same note, <clears throat> when you get through fishing, the egrets wait. And as soon as you pull out of the boat spot, they come to get the, the bait that fell out or was released because it was dead or whatever they wait for you to leave and then they descend well the um you have an option to talk about you know, to talk about the experience oh, okay. from checking in before you start getting into bait because there's like different bait you can use and all that other good stuff right so. right well okay. first off all these every experience is a catch and release disney's you can't take any of these fish with you so don't go out expecting to you know take your prize fish home it's all catch and release you're not catching dinner you're catching right. releasing everything right all your bait, all your gears included. Don't worry about a license. Uh, that's the nice thing about it is you don't have to, you know, go to Walmart and buy a gear, buy a license, all that stuff. And just come down. It's all provided for you. Um, they even include water and soft drinks. So, you know, there's a there's a big cooler full of uh, Coke, Sprites, bottled water, water which water. is real nice. What time of the day did you guys go out? We did the one thirty. Right. They have a seven a.m., a ten a.m., and a one thirty. And with this crew, it had to be the one thirty. <laughs> Because they're all nocturnal, but anyway. <laughs> the hottest part of the day. Uh, that's why it's also um, $25 cheaper than the rest. The 7 and the uh, 10 o'clock is 250 and the 130 is 225 because it is the hottest part of the day. But once we got out on the, uh, once we got out on the lake. It really was not bad. It I really was surprised. Bad I thought it was going to be very, very warm. But once we got out on the lake, it was very comfortable. Now, once, nice we got, once we got back on land. We were dying. Yeah. It was so hot. Right. But it felt really good on, on the boat. Yeah. Is it the pontoon boat you go out on? Yes. The pontoon is a standard issue thing. You can also get a bass boat, uh, a nitro bass boat. But if you're just doing the regular thing, you get a pontoon boat. Yeah. First thing she asked us, do you guys want to use live bait or artificial bait? Oh, <clears throat> before we get started too much, I felt like such a sexist pig because I never expected a female fishing tour guide. I just, it never crossed my mind. So when we're walking up and our tour guide walks up and says, hey, how are you? And she it just never not. occurred to me that she would be our guide. But Welcome to 2008. <laughs> Girls can fish too, you know. No, she was wonderful. I was just, I was a little surprised, but she was, we couldn't have asked for a better guide. She was absolutely wonderful. I wouldn't know if they were headless and <laughs> I wouldn't have noticed. We probably wouldn't have made the one third time. <laughs> uh, so when you get on, they do ask, do you want live or artificial bait? Uh, I guess the difference being live is a lot easier. Yeah, less work. You don't have to sit there and work your, you know. Is the live bait worms or is it small fish? It's small fish. Shiner, little shiner fish. That's the only live bait they have. They don't and that's included, too. And those are 15, 15 bucks for oh. a dozen of them, and, and there's plenty of those in there. So now that's included, Yeah, too. well, they stock, yeah, they stock the boat with, uh, with bait, live bait, and they also stock the boat with a cooler full of uh, 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 sodas, water, stuff like that. You it's all rags. included. You know, to, to to wipe your hands off, you get blood or fish on you or whatever. They got rags for you. So they have everything. You get fish on you. <laughs> this sounds like so much fun. Well, <clears throat> if you're squeamish, she will bait your hook for you. So, or you can bait, uh, do it yourself. Yeah, they will make this as uh, as 
not challenging or as challenging as you want. She it to basically be. said, "I can accommodate a three-year-old to a sixty-year-old, whatever you know. Anything you need, we can take care of you out here." So, I was talking to a woman this morning to, to clarify some information I had, and she said she took her two and four-year-old fishing on that that excursion. Obviously, Disney wouldn't have um, rods and reels for that. She went to Walmart and bought a twenty-seven-inch rod and reel for her daughter, and they were trying to catch bluegill. Her daughter caught a three-pound bass. <laughs> so. Yeah, they can take any level, uh, any level, and also the boats are um, wheelchair accessible. Right. Now, there are life vests on the boat. We didn't have to wear any, but if you uh, have kids under 12, they are required by Disney to wear vests at all times, So, but they're, they're on the boat. And the other thing they include is a one-year membership to Bass, the Bass Angler Sportsman Society. Yeah. Pete, your first issue should be here in about three oh, years. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, that was Carrie's Lord. idea. She thought that was so oh, funny. She's she like, got, oh, let's send oh, it to Pete. Let's oh, send yeah. it to Pete. <laughs> So it'll line the litter box. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be interesting. I'm sure it's a lovely magazine. It. I'm sure it's a very well written magazine. We like it'll be lined in the litter box. <laughs> this is Pete. Here's my Vogue. Here's my New Yorker. Here's, Here's my Glamour. Bass. No, my it's bass. Time, Time Newsweek and Entertainment Weekly. And now Bass. Anyway, so the basic packages. If you're a single person, you can go for two hours for $150. That's for the 130 time slot only. Like I said, the other ones, it's 250 for the 7 and 10 o'clock. Now, you can have up to five people. You're basically renting the boat. So if you, you can have up to five different people. So if you go and you've got five people, it's really not a bad deal because you're splitting it five ways. So it ends up being like 45 or 50 bucks each. Right. So it ends up being a much better value. You can also get four hours for $435. The four hours are from 7 to 11 and 10 to 2. It's the same thing. Two to five people. Those are your packages. Now, what was the name of your fishing guy? I don't think you've... Carrie. Carrie. You didn't tell didn't us her name. I thought we'd... Do... Oh, maybe not. No, you didn't. No, she... Yeah, she was awesome. She was. She was terrific. She was personable. She was knowledgeable. She was patient because <clears throat> I wasn't familiar with the rods and reels, so I should have asked for a refresher course, but I'm a man, so I thought I'll figure it out. So I start feeling with this knob, and she comes up, and she's like, you never touch that knob. <laughs> Let me get you a new pole, because I had totally screwed that one up. But whatever was going on, she was just very calm. She got another one. She just said, let me give you a quick refresher course on how to really use our rods and reels. So she did that. Um, she took us. She was very knowledgeable. She took us to good spots. We could catch fish. Yeah, uh, she, she made you feel comfortable, though. Very comfortable. She was very uh, fun-loving. You know, just because you didn't know something or didn't want to hook your bait. Well, she, you know. she's, also, she's also a pro fisher. Yeah, I mean, she, uh, she, she like, competes and really knows her stuff. I mean, she's, she was her, her knowledge... I mean, it was obviously just falling out of her. She's something with, that she knows backwards and forwards. Right. You could tell she's really good at it. And, you know, I was, I, I, I'll be honest. I was surprised that that was the caliber of fishing captain um, on this. Because that, I mean, she's, she, could, she could take out, you know, the best of the best fishermen uh, into, any, into any environment. And, yet, and she's been at Disney, what did she say, 20, 24, she's 23, been 24, 24 years? 24 years of fishing guide for 13 years. So. She, she was only female in that tournament, so yeah. that's that's pretty cool. She also had a pet, a pet cormorant named Scooter. We we came off the boat. Oh yeah, that's right. When we came off the boat, there was a, a cormorant floating around, so we didn't think that much about it. I ran to get a a dead fish from the live bait thing, and um, when by the time I got back, she'd called it up onto the dock, and it hopped right up there, and then she she'd say, "Come here, hop, hop here," and it would hop on the boat. And so she went and got a handful of fish. There's a bird. 
a snake a bird, bird. A bird yeah. that hangs out on the on the dock that just like is like be, has become her pet. So she fed it, and then later she picked it up, started carrying it around. She said, "Oh, this is Scooter. It's sort of our mascot." And it was it's a wild bird, but it was just sitting there. She was carrying it around. It was having a good oh, time. Oh, it was hysterical. It was neat. Only at Disney, though, you know. Oh, yeah. It was neat. That was really neat. So our excursion, we, we left out of the Wilderness Lodge. One thing I forgot, for conventions or larger groups, they have tournament-style fishing available for up to uh, six boats at a time. They will uh, keep tally of your fish if you're... If you want to do it as a tournament, style. oh wow, right, that's pretty cool. Keep the weight, the weigh them, and, and uh, you know everybody go out and at the end of the day see who's who's caught the most or most weight or most fish or however you want to do it. But yeah, tournament style fishing is available, which is pretty neat. Is there a minimum number of participants you need for that? No, it's the same thing. I mean, just a maximum would be thirty if you have five people for six boats. But okay. If you do have a convention or a large group, you can stick together and still go fishing. That's that was kind of that's neat. cool. Yeah. When you rent the boat, you you know Disney's not going to pair you up with other groups of people say it was just me and walter that wanted to go you know 250 bucks is kind of a lot from just me and walter to go i'm not i don't know exactly how you would do this besides hanging out uh, on the dock that day but if you find another group of people you can pair up because you're renting the boat you know and and uh say you find another couple down so you're there suggesting that, people hang out hang out at the dock like no, prostitutes but I mean, if you happen to run across someone who has three people in their party and they want to go fishing you have two people then of course it's going to be a lot cheaper just to pay fifty bucks as opposed oh, to people on so a you biz. walk up to complete strangers at the well, pool yeah, well, at the pool at the wilderness lodge and you go who wants to go like, fishing would you like to go fishing with me Fisher cut bait <laughs> people on a Diz do it all the time with the uh, uh, birthday cruises and the, the fireworks cruises yeah. so I mean I guess if they got together and did this they could save money they could that. save a lot of money did she take you to certain spots around the lake and say put your pole in the water here yeah, and we went to uh, four or five different spots <clears throat> the first spot was. Well, the first time we went, um, it was almost too easy. Yeah. More in, like fact, catching. in fact, Kelvin caught fish by, he would see it coming by and like throw the fish in its mouth. <laughs> and then he would reel it in. So that's why we said, you know, is it always this easy? And she said, no, we can accommodate whatever skill level you are. She obviously thought we had no skill, so she took us to the place. <laughs> right. you just put she was pretty well, – well, you were breaking the pole, so I'm, I'm guessing she was, she was right on the money there. So um, The second day was a lot more uh, – you had to use a lot more skill. She took us to places where you did have to uh, wait for fish to buy, you know, different right. spots. Throw it out there. Let, let the shiner swim a little bit. Uh, we went to four or five spots. We caught a fish at every spot. There were a couple that weren't. As active, I mean, obviously they're not all going to hit, but um, yeah, we caught a fish at every every spot. Oh, yeah. she they took us they to. say Disney does not guarantee you catch a fish. It's very very unlikely you will not. You're going to catch, gonna a catch fish. fish out here. You're pretty much going to. Now the lakes you can um, go fish in is Seven Seas slash Bay Lake, Downtown Disney, the lake around Epcot, so you can see the World Showcase. That's only oh, wait, that's only for your morning though. Wait a second, you can actually you can go fishing. In Epcot. In Epcot. Yes. I didn't know that. that. Now, that would be... That's the only other lake I think I would you know, want to go that to. That would be pretty cool. In the morning, just to, yeah, you, you know, to see all the countries and be out there in the middle. You can go fishing, but if you didn't, you could also see all the different countries. That would be a very nice place to, to be at 7 o'clock that's, in the morning. That's more of your, uh, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm fishing and I can see everything. That's not for your, you know, your kind of serious, you want to serious yeah, fish. fisherman. The other two places are Caribbean Beach and Coronado <laughs> Springs. Both of those are bass boat only. There is an option. You can go into a nitro bass boat. They only take two people at a time. You can only use artificial bait. Which, again, it, cracks me up because all I think is there's a retention pond at Caribbean Beach. Yeah, <laughs> okay, pretty much. Okay, I'm in the boat. All right, I'm at the other side. I was like, is there <laughs> really a big lake back there? I don't know. I mean, it's, or is it it's, waterways more? I, don't, like? I, I, I really don't know. 
the the nitros have trolling motors, so they can get back right up on shore and into little channels or. It must be more channels. And so I'm sure someone will write to me. Is it more expensive for these bass boats? No, it's just limited to two people. So I see. Essentially, it's going to be more expensive because right. you can't split it right. with as many people. Excursions are available at the following resort marinas. Boardwalk, Caribbean Beach, Coronado Springs, the Contemporary, Fort Wilderness, Wilderness Lodge, Grand Floridian, Old Key West, the Polynesian, Port Orleans, Saratoga Springs, Yacht Club, Downtown Disney and Disney Marketplace. So, so pretty much everywhere. Did you see any other Florida wildlife? Saw a poisonous snake. Yeah, we saw a snake. <laughs> you know, his eyes swim, lit up. Swimming in the water. <laughs> it, what, what was cool about this is she she was on top of it and, and didn't stop didn't stop at the spot because of the snake for our safety. Oh, she oh, saw no. the snake and said, "We're not fishing here." She said, "You see that snake? Its whole body is on top of the water. That means it's a poisonous snake." Right. And she said, I don't want to go back there because I've seen the snake, you know, a couple of times. And, you know, it may have some buddies. So we don't want to go to that area because a snake may try to get on board. And she just completely avoided it. Wow. She's uh, paying attention. And, uh, All right. There are, there are at least one-third of our audience just, like, flipped out at the thought. She was on it. We never got close to it. She just said, oh, look over there. There's a snake. Right. And then she said, I'm not going to take you to that area because I saw a poisonous snake. And she didn't get close or anything. So. No. No. Just pointed it out, and we moved on. No no gators? You didn't see any gators? No gators. I did not see a gator, no. We saw some turtles, didn't we? I didn't see any turtles. You may have. Well, no, we saw buzzards. We saw a bunch of birds. A bunch of birds. You see a lot of turtles, actually, in those lakes, cause, but you have to be really careful, very observant. You see they're just their heads popping above the water. Pop yeah. The more. birds hang around your boat a lot. They're smart, though. They know what you're doing, yeah. and uh, so they're after your beer fish. Your, I've seen that movie. The birds. <laughs> some some of your bait's going to die, so by the time you change it, there's going to be a few dead fish floating around. So as soon as you you take up anchor and start moving, the fish descend. Up, I mean, the birds descend upon it, start eating the fish. That, right. Uh, so how did everybody do? Tell us what the, t- the totals are. We all caught fish. Um, Walter caught six fish. Let me see. And Will caught seven. I caught fish. seven. Um, my brother Kelvin was the winner at eight. Eight. Yep. And Max, my nephew, caught four. Corey, poor Corey. People who don't know, because this is a uh, radio show, Corey Argus has a hat that says, Women love me, fish fear me. Not that day. <laughs> he was wearing a hat, and it didn't work. Corey caught two <laughs> for both days. He caught two fish the entire time. So they weren't, they weren't overly afraid that day. Corey was not exactly on his game. Was he like, because he's probably eaten every four minutes, right? <laughs> no. Oh, my no, iPod so. went off. I have to eat again. <laughs> no. <laughs> That that that's going to be lost on our listeners. They don't realize that Corey's on a, a an eating regimen while he's working out. If you, and he's, if you come to the chat, it won't. We talk about it all the time. Timing. He's timing his meals a, a certain certain way every he's trying day. Trying to gain weight. Uh, so yeah, we all caught fish four or five spots. Like I said, every one of them. If you're staying off property and you're going to do it, they recommend you be picked up at the Contemporary because there's easy access to the marina and the and there's a, uh, adequate parking. Parking's that makes easy. sense. Yeah, makes yeah. a lot does. of sense. All right, so you. People are coming down from out of town, and they like to fish. Would you do it with them? You know, people who are coming to visit, and they like to fish. Is something we go back out and do it? Oh, yeah. We thought it was worth it. Oh, Definitely worth it. Because, first of all, you don't have to get a license. And like you said, the live bait goes for uh, $15 for a dozen. Yeah, you you start adding that up, the the drinks, the 
the poles, having everything there. It's like fifty bucks a person for two hours of entertainment on Disney property. You, and it seemed like a know. lot longer than two hours. Well, yeah. like I said, Carrie was so much fun. We had such a good time. It seemed like it was a lot longer than two hours. Yeah, this is another one of those things that when you see the price point at two twenty five or two fifty, like wow, it's really expensive to go fishing. But when you stop and and think about what you're getting. And like you said, with the with the refreshments on board, the live bait, the, all the equipment, you don't have to worry about getting license. a fishing license. Um, a pro guide taking you around, uh, and you're catching. You and you know? can yeah, you know, for five people for two hundred and fifty dollars for two hours, that's pretty good. Especially at Disney. Especially at Disney, yeah, pretty good. And I, I I really I can't even though I was only with her for the half hour of that first day, I can't say enough about the caliber of this of Carrie, this uh, fishing guide. She was tremendous. Made everybody feel comfortable. Didn't matter what their skill level was. Made everyone feel comfortable. Explained everything. Was so friendly. Very friendly. Very personable. Like you said, no matter what you did, she wouldn't look at you like you were stupid. She's just like she took my broken pole away and said, "Let me, let me get you another one." But let you didn't feel bad. It was like okay. No, it was just like, the only oh, part okay. I didn't like is when like they were taking the fish off the hooks and then it would like they it would like slip out of their hands and then it would be flopping around on the, <laughs> on the deck. I'm like, oh, get it away from me. Screaming like a girl. It might touch me. <laughs> I don't want it to touch I'm just skeeved by fish. I'm sorry. Just... How how big were these fish? Were they like? And what? No, were Kelvin they? caught a rather big one. How he, big? Would he you caught say? the biggest one. Probably five. Was it a bass? Like bass? Yeah. The only thing we caught was bass. There's other things yeah. out there, but the only thing we caught that day was all, bass. They were all largemouth bass. They were all That's very incredible. That's incredible. They took you out and caught six largemouth bass. Oh yeah, the, the lake's full of them. That's almost scary that Disney can arrange that. Yeah, I mean, it, that's what I said. It, we have everybody on the boat catching. They have a good contract with the fish union. Yeah, they right. must. <laughs> I wonder if the fish know because, you know, they've they got to have been caught before. And it's just catch and release. It's like, at least that's I get a I meal. Was, yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. It's it's like, a free you know, meal. You haven't figured it out yet? <laughs> this is not going to end well for you? <laughs> it ends fine. You catch it and you throw it back in. Yeah, then you put Most of the time. All right, you know, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put a hole in your lip every time you want to eat. <laughs> get a little snack. Go back. I'm sure they they probably go there and they feed them and they put the minnows out there and the so that they that lake is them. stocked. You can tell. Yes. She said there's there's lunkers in there, which in fishermen's terms, there's big bass out there. Oh, oh really? Lunkers. She said the biggest one that was caught was 18 pounds. Something. Did she say? It was it was well over 10. Wow, really? Big, big. The yeah, term is a lunker. Thing. Lunker. Wow. So there's lunkers out there. There's we didn't a catch whole any. subculture we know nothing about. There's magazines for it too. Yeah, I you did, know the, the podcast. The podcast is really getting butched between fishing and Richard Petty. Uh oh, really is <laughs> rubbing off. Well, I, did, so. I didn't know anything about it, but I was real surprised. It was I ain't gonna touch that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun when you were there because we were all fishing, and then Pete had the uh, recording equipment. He was keeping up with you know what was going on, and we were all fishing. When you weren't there, we had to. Someone had to stop fishing to take pictures of. What someone called is that the, Corey's excuse for only get, catching two fish? Oh, I had to take pictures. Will be no, he wasn't even using that. No, he was he was taking pictures. And yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> now the best time. Hey, I can get him on the phone. No, that's cool. <laughs> we'll talk call. about it next week. The best time to do this has got to be in the morning. The seven a.m. trip is supposed to be the best time. The best lake is Bay Bay Lake Seven Seas because it is also the largest lake. Why is seven o'clock the best time? Cooler in the day. Cooler. Right. Fish are probably more active, hungry. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because one of the places we went to the day we were out there for the two hours, we went to uh, Fort Wilderness, and we went to the uh, the dock, and we were putting our minnows right beside the, the dock because it was hot, so they were all staying underneath the shade. Right. So you had to put it because, you know, they didn't want to be out in the sun either. So that, mm. that would make a difference. 
Um, there is a couple discounts too. Uh, if you're a Bass member, you get ten percent off. Pete, you get ten percent off next yeah. time you so book next time you go. Wow, you need your card, really? and you will have your card carrying uh, membership <laughs> by then. Yeah. There's another uh, coupon. Burbeo Info is a catalog. Must be a sports out outdoorsman. I don't know what that is, but there's a twenty percent coupon in the back of that. So um, if you have that book, look in there. Here's the best thing. Cast members get 50% off with their ID. They have to be present with their ID. That applies for the 130 trip only. Blackout dates do apply. Right. Cast members can rent the boat. And that's, that's basically what you're doing. One person's going to rent the boat. You divvy it up. Five people allowed max. But, yeah, cast members 50% off. That's pretty good. That is really good. They don't, uh, they don't provide rain gear for you. So if it does rain out there, you need check the weather. You know, if it looks like it's going to rain, uh, you might want to take a light jacket or the first day we went, we knew it was 60%, 60% chance of rain, and it did end up raining within 30 minutes. But like I said, she was so good. We're sitting there, and she's like, the wind's coming from the south. It must mean whatever. So she calls them, and they said, yes, there's lightning coming. We're, we're closing the lake. Yeah. And she said she got us there before we got wet. Unfortunately, we didn't, she didn't get there before she got wet. So she's trying to take everything off, and the monsoon came. And it was yeah. really, really And it was bad, yeah. It was bad that but day. She was on top of it, like you said, on the radio. We were off. Uh, if it's lightning, they clear. It's a mandatory clear the lake. If it's lightning, you have no choice. If it's simply raining, you can decide to stay. You can stay. Right. You can keep fishing if you like. It's up to you. So but once it starts lightning, it's it's all over. Cool. If you want more information on the fishing excursions, you can go to DisneyWorld dot com. Put in keyword fishing. You can get all your information. You, you you will even be able to book your trip online. Other phone numbers to find out about the uh, fishing. If you call 407-WDW-BASS, B-A-S-S, you'll get all the recreational activities. If you call 407-WDW-FISH, you get in touch with all the tours that are available. If you want the direct line for the fishing department, it's 407-824-1219. Awesome. Well, great. I, I, it seemed like you guys had a good time. I mean, I know, talking to Calvin and Max, they seemed like they had a... Yeah, they were having a blast. A, a real, a real good time doing it. Yeah. I even asked Max, you know, as a as a seventeen year old, you know, being stuck with older people during the day, did you think it was worth it? And he said, "I had a wonderful time." He said, "I'd go back anytime." And then, like I said this morning, when the woman's talking about taking her two and four year old, and they had a great time. So really, they can accommodate anyone from a two year old to a professional. Uh, yeah, so it's not it's not necessarily just for adults. No, know? absolutely not. Anyone. They'll adjust, and they'll you know they'll adjust there. Like I said, the woman who took her two year old, she did go to Walmart and buy a, you know a very small rod and reel. I don't think Disney's going to have a twenty seven inch rod and reel available. I didn't see any. I think they're mainly adult stuff. Right. But they took them. They had a good. I'd time. Be they I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if Disney didn't have them, have them available. They, they weren't they any did. of the, the push button poles either. They were all the open face. Oh, yeah. or whatever they call it. Open bail. Open, open how, reel. How did you know that? Because I used to fish. Oh. <laughs> when. When I was growing up in New Jersey, we lived on a lake. Oh. Fished all the time. <laughs> <laughs> sure, go ahead, make fun of me. All right, it was I'll absolutely worth it. We would recommend it for anyone. We were in the mall the other day near the Apple store, and the harp player guy was there. <laughs> Just die laughing. They did the harp player outside the Apple store for the people waiting in line for the 3G phone. No. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because that's what that audience wants to listen to. <laughs> right. Uh. Oh, but yeah, this is this is something I would highly recommend. You know, if anybody's into fishing, you, you know, what this is here. a great idea for it. When you, all the times you hear people say, 
um, what can I do with for my husband? Yes, they ask that a lot. Well, you know, the, he doesn't want to go to the parks every day with me, or I'm going to go to the spa. He yep. doesn't want to do that. While she's in the spa, you can go fishing. Him and the boy yeah. or whatever and go right. out fishing. Yeah. Well, that's absolutely. why I wanted these guys to do that because, you know, trying to get some of that information into the show for, you know, when you have to bring your husband or your member of your party who's just really not into Disney and will do the parks for a couple of days but wants to find something else to do. This is a really good option. This is a yeah. wonderful option. Or even that special thing when they say, well, what can I do for them that's special this trip? They've done everything else they can do. It's also a great additional thing. Not yeah. a lot of people, they said not a lot of people know about this. We'll do it. It's, you know. I was surprised. I'm glad we did this so more people can find out because yeah. it was a lot of fun. Uh, and now people know about it. And like you said, if you've got a bored husband, this will keep him busy for. And if you are going to do it, I really, I highly suggest you request Carrie. I'm sure they have great, uh, other great folks. Um, but I, I would, I, I, I highly recommend her. She was terrific. Something people will be interested to know is, uh, what about tipping? Was is tipping inappropriate? Should you a tip? Uh, oh yeah. How much would you? We tip ended up tipping. It's not they don't ask or anything like that. Yeah, we we took it upon ourselves so to you, tip her. You wanted to after after having her, you know. Well, you know, and and you know, tipping with something like this, you know, pretty much follows in my mind anyway. I don't know. If there's a hard and fast rule on this, but. Um, in my mind, tipping on something like this kind of follows the same thing as you would for a, a waiter or a waitress. You know, 10% on the, on the low side, 15% is average, 20% is good. Personally. Personally. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't, like you said, it, it wouldn't matter if, if you tipped. She would have given you the best service. But she was so much fun. She, put, uh, she made it so enjoyable. Um, took us to all the good spots. So once we left, I mean, there was no question about tipping her because she was so good. We really wanted. Yeah, I think to. something people don't don't always realize is for any of the boat excursions, whether you're doing the fishing excursion or you're doing fireworks cruise or a birthday cruise, always, always, always tip your driver. Always tip your boat driver. Well, thank you both very much. It was excellent. Good job. Excellent. Really and truly, a lot of information in there. A lot yeah, of stuff really? I didn't know. I didn't know there was a 407 WW fish. They have all the good fishing phone numbers. And bass. all the good acronyms. No, I'm just surprised I didn't. I didn't realize that they had one. So learn something new every day. But it was a lot of fun, even for me. Not that I was ever going to touch a fishing pole, but we got pictures and video. We'll have up on the site. We'll put up so on the site. Check with it the out. Show. Yeah. And you find all that stuff on our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. Also, because I forgot to mention this earlier, that's where you can go and sign up for our mailing list. Uh, a lot of the prizes we're giving away are being. Uh, People are being selected randomly from those who sign up for our mailing list. So uh, that mailing list is never sold or given out to anybody else. As a matter of fact, we don't even really use it so far yet. But <laughs> it's a good source. It's so exclusive. <laughs> you know, we haven't used it. Well, you know, I, I, you, you know how I am with that stuff. Oh, no, I really because I hate getting I hate getting inundated with mail. Even when I you know from somebody I want to get mail from, I don't like to abuse that. We don't abuse it on the boards. We don't abuse it with our mail. I try not to. Abuse it with our mailing list, but all that information, podcast.wdwinfo.com. Once again, Will and Walter, thank you very much. And uh, with that, we are going to move on to our next segment. All right, we are going to move on. Our next segment, uh, Christmas and July segment for this week, we're focusing on the uh, resorts around Walt Disney World as well as Universal. I've got a lot on, not a lot on Universal, but I've got stuff on Universal. John, I think you have some stuff on resorts. I do. Um, one of the things to keep in mind about the, the Walt Disney World resorts, different than the parks, in that there's not a lot of stuff that's scheduled or um, 
sort of set in stone. Some resorts will do the same thing year after year or some variation of that. So, you know, it's difficult in July to say, listen, definitely go to this resort at this time and participate in X, Y, and Z activity. All of the resorts at Walt Disney World will decorate for the holidays, and they'll decorate in in the theme of the resort. So if you go to the Grand Floridian, you're looking at sort of a turn-of-the-century um, Victorian, Victorian uh, look to it. If you go to the Animal Kingdom Lodge, you're looking for something that's more uh, African in influence for their Christmas decorations. You're not going to go wrong by checking out any of the resorts. They all do a really nice job, and they all you know, really put forth a really good effort. One, something that a lot of people don't know is that the resorts sort of have their own budget for decorating at Christmas time. It's not like it all falls under one Walt Disney World Christmas decorating budget. So the resort itself has control over how much money it spends and what it can put up. So that's why you'll find different levels of decorating from resort to resort. There are the biggies. Uh, Grand Floridian every year will do the gingerbread house. That's my favorite thing. Tremendous, tremendous draw for people. People love it. Um, this is a full-scale gingerbread house. I mean, there are people inside. This is they, they build this thing. It's the store where they sell stuff. So there are people working inside this handmade, massive gingerbread house. Cool. It's in the lobby, so it's you know very, very accessible to the resort itself. And they sell the gingerbread. They sell the gingerbread houses, the miniature houses. But they really also nice. sell, sell the gingerbread that's made when they make up the gingerbread for making this house in the Something lobby. to keep in mind with those gingerbread houses, they make a certain amount per day. And that towards the end of the evening, it's very possible that they would be sold out for that day. Yeah, it does happen. A lot of times at the Grand Floridian, you'll also find they have an um, orchestra a four or five piece orchestra that plays on the balcony and they'll play Christmas music. So that's one of those resorts that has a really great Christmas feel to it. The last time we were there, they had a guest, um, a a group of uh, young girls chorus who came in and sang Christmas carols while we sat in the lobby and watched them. And again, this is one of the reasons why I say it's tough for us to say in July, you know, go there the week between Christmas and New Year's because you're going to see choirs or a certain person singing. We just don't know yet. Um, one of the other places that does uh, something every year, what you can't guarantee what it's going to be, is the boardwalk. The boardwalk not only decorates incredibly for Christmas, a great feel to it, but also in the lobby there's almost always some sort of chocolate candy, what did you put a diorama type display. of thing, display put up. Um, last year they did a whole miniature boardwalk. They did a Ferris wheel and a roller coaster, all made yeah, out of chocolate. They do a great job. That's incredible. Yeah, and the Beach Club also do displays. One year they did an entire carousel made of chocolate. And we were there the night they were putting the carousel together. And they're wheeling in on the um, the luggage carts, these giant chocolate horses. And Kevin goes up to it and goes, oh, look, there's a horse, and puts his hand on it. I didn't know they were chocolate. I thought they were they were so glazed. I thought they were like carousel horses. And I was like, I ran my finger down it. And the man's like, you know, you just put fingernail marks in the horse. I thought, what the heck's it made out of? He says, it's made out of chocolate. Huh. It took him like six months to make this horse. And <laughs> Kevin writes it in 20 <laughs> seconds. Puts I didn't his hand in realize it. it was made of chocolate. I want to pet the chocolate horses. <laughs> Can I pet him, George? You're bony, bony. Um, (laughs) 
So these are things you're going to come across. The Polynesian will do a Polynesian theme, and sometimes they have a little setup going. And Actually, the Polynesian is the least decorated for Christmas. You know what happened? That happened last year, but the year before that, they did do a chocolate scene. They a did. chocolate Hawaiian scene with a well, kid on a surfboard. The Polynesian is weird in general. I mean, it's the only deluxe that does not have a hot tub. What's that about? I don't know. It's I just was, a weird resort. They I was have, only prepared for Christmas. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't you know. should know. <laughs> I didn't know there'd be these questions. So again, you're you're going to find incredible stuff at each resort. We can't tell you specifics, except the Polynesian. All right. <laughs> we don't know this year. It may be really good. I do. They won't have it. Um, some of the other things that go on is the Wilderness Lodge always has their sleigh rides every year, mm-hmm. um, and last year they were thirty five dollars. It's a horse-drawn sleigh ride and can accommodate four adults or two adults and three children ages nine and under. And again, pretty sure it's going to happen this year. So that's one of those things I'm, I'm comfortable talking about. The Swan and Dolphin, on the other hand, again, this we know this is not a Disney-owned and operated resort. The Swan and Dolphin tends to go crazy at Christmas. No, they go nuts. They have just lists and lists of stuff they do. Tree lighting ceremonies, Santa's workshop, photos with Santa, holiday performers. They do uh, cookie decorating, campfires on the beach, storytelling. So one of the really cool things about staying at the Swan and Dolphin or even visiting there is you'll get to see and participate in just a whole bunch of stuff that goes on. Well, again, as I mentioned earlier, when Bob and I took the Backstage Magic Tour, one of the stops is the Christmas decorations the the holiday decoration warehouse. You know, before you go booking this, the holiday warehouse is emptied towards the beginning, the middle of December, November. So if you're booking for any time around Christmas time, you're not going to go to the holiday warehouse because it's all out. Right. But we went in, I think it was June or July, and I was shocked to find out that as immediately when they start taking down the Christmas decorations, they start prepping them for the next year. The day we were there, they were working at uh, working on decorations for Port Orleans Riverside, which has kind of a country flair to it. And they were using they were making red gingham bows for the wreaths for the following year. But each, I don't know how to describe it. Each loop in their in their bow was stuffed with cray paper or with tissue paper so that the bow would retain its shape for the rest of the months until they displayed it again. So a great deal of care and a great deal of detail is put into each and every decoration for each and every resort. So if you're uh, doing a resort tour where you're going around, I, we always talk about taking the time to stop and notice the details. This is the perfect time to do it. Absolutely. One of the big questions we've been getting a lot is when do the decorations go up? You can pretty much be guaranteed that uh, starting New Year, starting sorry Thanksgiving weekend, they'll start to put decorations up at the hotels. Probably some will start before then, but there's no guarantee as to what's going to happen. Disney's also very good at you going to sleep and then waking up the next morning and they're done. One of the things a lot of people talk about doing is actually staying up at night when they they're staying at a resort and someone and they ask around and they say when are you going to start decorating they'll stay up and watch them put the decorations up well the night we were in the beach club and they were setting up the horse that i touched it was ha- it happened at- <laughs> ruined i think is the word you're looking for touched it was at one o'clock in the morning and what were you doing just strolling around the yacht club at one o'clock in the morning it wasn't it was the beach club well what were you doing at the beach club at one o'clock in the morning we had had dinner and they have a 
like a sitting area out by the parking, um, the uh, valet parking, and it's just a really nice place to sit. And it was Bob and Diana and Mike and Ann, and we were sitting out there having coffee and just shooting the breeze. It's actually the it's actually a little sitting room for DVC folks. Oh yeah, oh that's right. Yeah. And it's got a big screen TV in there and things like that. A very comfortable place. Since we're local, we don't do a lot of uh, staying at the resorts. Kevin and I don't do a lot of leaving the house. Really. <laughs> So, obviously, we don't stay over at Christmas. So, I wanted to find out some firsthand Christmas experiences. So, I asked our agents, our Dreams Unlimited travel agents, um, to share with me some of the things they've experienced while they were staying at Walt Disney World during Christmas. And I want to read some of these to you. They're nice and short. Um, Christy, one of our newest agents, wrote... wrote. <clears throat> she wrote? <laughs> She's a wrote scholar. She really has to learn how to speak. I've only been to Old Key West at Christmas, but I remember that on Christmas Eve, they had little bags of candy hanging on all the resort doorknobs. Uh, my parents were at Old Key West last year, and they said that Mickey and Minnie in their Santa, Santa outfits were up in the main building on Christmas Eve night greeting guests as they entered. Again, can't guarantee you're going to get Christmas candy on your doorknobs, but this is something that Christy experienced a couple of years ago. Joanna wrote, late at night sitting in a rocking chair in front of the fireplace at Fort Wilderness with the decorations and music is wonderful. Uh, Kevin mentioned our friends Mike and Ann. That's something they do with their grandson. At the Wilderness Lodge. At the Wilderness Lodge is go and they experience sort of... The Wilderness Lodge has a really good Christmas feel. Yeah, it does. Because it has sort of the big tree and the big fireplace. And uh, Santa... They go every Christmas Eve, and that's where they spend it. Uh, they have characters come in to the lobby. Uh, particularly, I know Chip and Dale are usually there every year. And Santa makes an entrance into the for the Wilderness Lodge lobby. Joanna tells us that you can get chocolate at Roaring Forks or a hot or cold beverage from the bar at Artist, by Artist Point. And it's a great way to end the day. Kathy Lord tells us, on the boardwalk, in addition to the regular nightly entertainment, there are several local choirs performing nightly outdoors in the grassy areas. The bicycle-slash-piano man was rolling around playing Christmas carols. In the lobby on the 23rd and 24th, Santa and one of his helpers visited for several hours. At the Animal Kingdom Lodge on Christmas Eve, characters appeared in the lobby in front of the tree for pictures. We saw Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, and Goofy. There was also a special tree lighting ceremony that evening with the characters and a couple of cast members who were natives of Africa who told stories about Christmas in their native regions. At the Grand Floridian on Christmas, there was a photographer in the lobby taking photo express pictures in front of the large tree, and a small orchestra band was playing. At the Wilderness Lodge one evening, a few nights before Christmas, we saw a bell choir perform in the lobby. Kathy's apparently stayed in every resort ever. Really, And lastly, Katie says, in 06, she stayed at the Port Orleans French Quarter and returned to the resort at night where there was a choir in the main lobby and who were singing Christmas carols. So one of the cool things about being there at Christmas time in the resorts is some of the surprises you're going to run across and some of the things that Disney will do to just sort of make your stay that much more magical. Yeah, it's the resorts. I mean, it's a great, uh, it's a great, uh, it's one of my favorite things to do, like hop on the monorail and. Maybe have dinner at one of the re- one of the one of the resorts on the monorail, and just after dinner go around and see it, the different displays. And it's really nice to get out of the crowded park too. Yeah. And there's a great deal to see and do in, in each of them. Now, uh, in addition, uh, of course, to what Disney's doing, 
Uh, Universal also celebrates Christmas. They're not heathens. But uh, for, for Christmas Uni- Horror Nights. Yeah, really, basically. <laughs> See, just, yeah, at, at Universal, it's just, I, I don't. Universal's very inconsistent year to year with what kind of Christmas celebrations they have now. Uh, the Macy's Parade, the Macy's uh, Christmas Parade, has been a, a staple there for the last several years. Uh, these are actual floats from the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all of them, obviously, but, you know, they have like three or four, and they actually... Of the big balloons. Of the big ones. I mean, mm-hmm. the real big ones. And they, you know, take them around the park for a Christmas parade, which is really, really cute. Um, most of uh, Universal's Christmas stuff, unlike Disney, where they begin the day after Thanksgiving and it goes until a day or two after New Year's, uh, Universal runs from December 7th to January 1st. And December 7th is when Grinchmas starts up over at Islands of Adventure. Of course, Grinchmas being uh, based on the uh, Dr. Seuss book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Do we know they're going to do it again this year for sure? Uh, we're hearing probably. Um, I haven't been able to get confirmation on anything over at Universal. Mm-hmm. They have not released any of their holiday stuff. We're ba- I'm basing this on last year. But, for example, last year was the first year in a couple of years they brought back Grinchmas because they right. stopped for a few years. So, like I said, Universal's very inconsistent. Of course, as the year goes on and things are confirmed, we're going to be updating on the show uh, this stuff. But this is what, you know, what, what we're gathering You've got Grinchmas going on from the 7th to the 1st. And, of course, you know, the kids all want to get their picture taken with the Grinch, Santa Grinch. And they take uh, they take Seuss Landing, and they decorate it really great, and they put on a little stage show yeah, for Grinchmas. It's, it's really it's cool. It's really cute, I think. But what a lot of people don't know is that Dr. Seuss based the character of the Grinch on John. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> he didn't see that one coming. <laughs> um. But uh, so yeah, you've got the Grinchmas, you've got uh, the Grinchmas going on. You've got Macy's Parade over at uh, Universal Studios. You get Barney's Christmas Show. Somebody shoot me. Um, that's exactly what it's called, Barney's Christmas Show. Somebody, <laughs> somebody shoot me. Someone clean their gun near me. I can, <laughs> Barney, I can bring my gun to work. <laughs> and the uh, Blues Brothers Christmas Show, the Blues Brothers Show, which I personally think is arguably the best live performance going on in the theme park in this town. It is so consistently good, such great music, out done, done on, the, you know, on New York Street. And if you're just walking by, you can stop and enjoy it. They do several shows a day, but through Christmas, it becomes a Christmas show, which I have not seen yet. I have got to get over this year and just see that. I love the Blues Brothers. They have several couples playing the Blues Brothers. Every single one that I've ever seen is great. Uh, now, going on uh, November 28th, if you're in town, on November 28th, Portofino Bay is doing uh, another one of their harbor nights. These are events that go on uh, every, uh, on average every quarter. Again, Universal can be kind of inconsistent with that stuff. But uh, harbor nights is, is, is effectively this big, like, jazz, food, wine-tasting type thing. They have all these tables set up with all this great food. They have these jazz bands. This is all done on the piazza out of Portofino Bay. And uh, I I believe the price is $45. I'll have to double-check that because I don't have the information published yet. But it's, if memory serves me, it's $45 a person. And you basically get to go around and try all these different wines and there's food pairings and 
I'm sure they'll be doing a lot of holiday stuff this year. It's listed on their under their holiday events, so I'm sure there'll be some you know real holiday theme to it. But any any of that stuff, any stuff like that that they do at the hotels at Universal are usually really really good. It's a lot of fun. Now City Walk also has some events. They do horse drawn carriages, carolers. There's a nightly tree lighting ceremony, uh, and again. This is inconsistent year to year. This They were doing this last year. I believe, from what I understand, they're going to be doing this stuff again this year. But the biggest the biggest kick for, about Universal at Christmas is the parks are virtually empty. Especially, you know, in those weeks from thanks, right up to Thanksgiving leading up to Christmas. Universal does not have the same traffic patterns that Disney does. Now, even though Disney, I'm not going to say Disney is packed at Christmas time in the weeks leading up to Christmas. There's a heck of a lot more people at Disney World, though, than there are at Universal. The lines at Disney are longer. December's a great time. I mean, I, I love walking into those parks in December because you can pretty much walk on any ride you want. Um, the Simpsons will probably still have a two-hour wait because I think there's a perpetual two-hour wait right now for The Simpsons, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys realize, got uh, Theme Park best. Insider named it best new, best new Attraction. Yeah, good. You don't think so? I haven't been on. I can't tell you. Oh, oh, that's right. You haven't been over there yet. But you're looking, go. you're looking shocked. No, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's good. I just I have no point of reference because. Oh, okay. You, and you just had a shocked look on your face. I thought maybe you, you disagreed with you that. You haven't taken me, but um, So, like I said, you know, Universal does. They do stuff. The the resorts are always always decorated. Um, they don't go to the the lengths that Disney does in decorating their resorts. It's one of my criticisms. It's one of the few things those resorts, I think, don't do right is I think, you know, doing that. All the Disney Deluxe resorts have these great these great displays as we were just talking about. Universal, not so much. But uh, who knows what they're going to do this year. It's anybody's guess. But it is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun over there. And especially Harbor Nights, I strongly recommend. That sounds cool. Uh, Harbor Nights. It's a, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Sounds nice. It's a lot of fun. One other thing about the holidays at Universal that I do want to mention is uh, is New Year's Eve. Now, again, we don't have information on, on this year, but Universal does do a pretty good New Year's Eve bash. Last year, went from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m., and it featured uh, the B-52s and Foreigner. Not a bad, not a bad lineup, uh, considering some of the, the has-beens that, you, that Disney will drag out, people that haven't been seen or heard from in 20 years. Last year, yeah, really. Um, Now, last year's event, last year's event uh, was one hundred nineteen dollars plus tax per person. Obviously, these are uh, these are for adults mostly. All guests must be twenty one years of age. I was going to say, I think City Walk is aimed only at adults. So, we will again, um, and there's usually a special show, also a Blue Man group uh, through the holidays. But we will uh, we will update that as we get more information. I'm hoping Universal gets me something in the next few weeks. We asked them, but I haven't heard back from them for some confirmation. They're not ready. They're still not ready to release uh, what they're doing for Halloween Horror Nights yet. So yeah. I think it might be. Didn't tickets just go on sale for that? Tickets have been on sale for Halloween Horror Nights now a couple for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, but you know, some Universal's another option if you want to try something different. If you've done Christmas at Disney several hundred times. And you want to experience something a little different? Uh, Christmas at Universal is certainly an option, and uh, that will do it for our Christmas in July segment. 
Before you go, one of Bob's favorite trivia questions was, what's the largest single Christmas decoration on Disney property? I know. Uh, I am. <laughs> it's me. Pete wears one of them. It's me when I show up with my garland and my... He wears one of them tree hats that all light up. And all lit up, yeah. It's the wreath uh, on Cirque du Soleil. The wreath that's put outside of Cirque du Soleil. On the building itself, yeah. It's mm-hmm. a massive, massive wreath. So, all right. As I said, that will do it for Christmas in July this week. Just before we go, a couple of things I want to let everybody know about. Uh, next week, our Christmas in July segment will focus on Disneyland and some of the holiday events happening out in California. Also next week, uh, uh, Kevin Close is going to have a very special uh, review. Of okay, that sounds like a very special, very special blossom. It's a very special episode. <laughs> it's very, no, very important. It's a very mu- important blossom. Must-see TV. Yeah. Uh, Kevin has a very special uh, review of Cinderella's Royal Table. We're also going to be uh, starting up our resort reviews again. Um, our next one will be August 6th. I'll be doing uh, reviewing the Polynesian. And uh, we have a Wilderness Lodge review not too long after that. So we have a lot of good stuff coming up. I know some of you are asking about our uh, our next call-in show. There is still some technical stuff that I'm waiting to have done with the uh, the phone lines. But if everything goes according to plan tentatively right now, uh, July 30th, um, our July 30th show, I don't know what our record date is yet, but on, on, on our July 30th show we will be putting up another call-in show, but I have something even more special coming up. All goes well. It'll be the first show we, we do in August. For all you Bob Varley fans, I am in possession of several videotapes from when Bob was doing his cable access show in uh, up in Mansfield, Massachusetts, the world of Disney, or the world of Mickey, excuse me. Bob's world. And Bob's this is, world. Yeah, this is basically, yeah, this is like Wayne's world on... Quaaludes. Um, it's actually a good glimpse into it's 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 like taking a peek into Bob's head. Um, oh, they're great. You talk about no, but I got to tell you though. I got to tell you. I'm you know I'm not I'm not making fun of it at all because these are I mean really and truly. You know when you think about the fact that he was a deli manager at a Stop and Shop when he was doing this, and this was in the very early days when he first found our discussion boards. And he talks about that on the show. It's really, and I'll tell you, there's so many similarities between Bob doing that and what Bob was doing when he was uh, on the show. And uh, we have a few of these, uh, a few, I think I have three or four episodes. The first one I'm going to be digitizing, put up on the site. We're aiming for August 6th. Brian is in the process of finding some more for me to get, uh, get captured. But uh, So, yeah, August 6th. The World of Mickey, starring Bob Varley, will go up on YouTube. They're gonna love this. Oh yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, They're really cool. It's hysterical. It's hysterical because <laughs> um, it is. I've it's, seen them. It's, it's that Wayne's World. It is. It's that Wayne. It's kind of that Wayne's World production quality. It's really funny. You got like a, they take like a card table and threw a sheet over it. No, you know, like, he really. <laughs> it, they, they, they well, you got to see. You got you'll see, you, you guys will see it. Really funny. Really good. It's the same um, Bob. It's the same. It's Bob. Bob. It's the exact same. Yeah. It's is he doing like, the same shtick? Oh yeah. <laughs> and what's funny Bob. is that you know it's it's and and he mispronounces all the same right. words, and <laughs> the same like fifteen minute pauses in between you know, in between words. So no, it's really funny to watch. It's really funny to watch. So that's coming up. 
uh, in the next several weeks on the Diz Unplugged. And that will do it for us this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed the show. We really do appreciate your, your listening. And we will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Have a great week, everybody. Mm-hmm.